and welcome to the 34th episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please give us a five-star rating if you like what you're hearing. We're also on Twitter at Food and Fright or contact us by email at foodandfright at gmail.com or check us out on our website at Food and Frightening Film Fanatics podbean.com Before we get started, just our usual disclaimer, heavy spoilers ahead. Turn back now if you haven't seen these movies. Today we're talking about Fright Night. There are four movies total in the series. The first one is Fright Night from 1985, and that was written by Tom Holland and directed by Tom Holland. Produced by Herb Jaffe, starring William Ragsdale as Charlie, Chris Sarandon as Jerry, Roddy McDowell as Peter Vincent, Amanda Bierce as Amy. Yes, you'll remember, probably remember her as Marcy Darcy from Married with Children. Stephen Jeffries as Evil Ed. Jonathan Stark as Billy Cole. The music is by Brad Fidel, who also did the Terminator and Terminator 2 Judgment Day music. The second movie is Fright Night Part 2 from 1998, so three years later, directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, again produced by Herb Jaffe and Mort Engelberg. Of the original cast, only McDowell and Ragsdale return. Charlie's new girlfriend is played by Tracy Lynn and a female vampire, played by Julie Carmen, arrives in town. Music is again by Brad Fidel. Then in 2011, there was a remake. It was also called Fright Night. The script was written by Marty Noxon. You'll remember her from Buffy fame. Uh, Directed by Craig Gillespie, who did Lars and the Real Girl. The story is loosely based on the original, in this version, Charlie is played by Anton Yelchin. His mother is Tony Collette. Amy is played by Imogene Poots, and you'll recall I was mad at her last week because of 28 Weeks Later. She does better in this, but not a whole lot better. Uh, Evil Ed is Christopher Mintz Ploss, and Peter Vincent is played by David Tennant from Doctor Who. Jerry Dandridge this time is played by Colin Farrell. The character of Billy Cole does not appear in this version, and the music in this version is by Raman Jawadi. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. It's D-J-A-W-A-D-I. Then the fourth and last movie so far in the series is called Fright Night 2 New Bloods. That's from 2013, so two years after the remake. This was a direct-to-video release directed by Eduardo Rodriguez, Will Plain, Payne plays Charlie Brewster. Jamie Murray plays Jerry Dandridge, and that's J-A-I-M-E. Not to be confused with the British tennis player. Sean Penn plays, I'm sorry, Sean Power plays Peter Vincent. And Sasha Parkinson plays Amy Peterson. Chris Waller plays Evil Ed Bates. And again, Billy Cole does not exist in this version. Music this time is by Luis Escanio. Where to watch these movies? 
Uh, Fright Night 1985 is on Amazon Prime, YouTube, Google Play, and Vudu for $3. Uh, Fright Night Part 2 is much harder to find, but you can see a free version on YouTube. Uh, Fright Night, the remake from 2011, also for the usual spots for $4. And Fright Night 2 New Blood is available on, again, Amazon Prime, YouTube, Google Play, and Vudu for $4. Rotten Tomato scores. The first Fright Night, audiences gave a 79, a 76%, while critics gave a 91%, so that's pretty high. Fright Night Part 2, critics gave it a 25, audiences gave it a 42. The Fright Night Remake, critics gave a 72, audiences gave a 59. And Fright Night 2, New Blood, critics did not rate it, and audiences gave it 17%. So obviously that is the lowest one of the series. Uh, we already talked about Red Faisal doing some of the music, so here is one of the songs uh, from the original Fright Night. It is called Come to Me, and it was used actually during the original Fright Night and during... Fright Night Part 2.
hope you enjoyed that. You can definitely tell that's an 80s song because of the heavy synthesizer use. Um, but I think that's a, that's a really good theme for Fright Night. So next up, the plot. Fright Night 1985. Um, it's important to um, note that this is meant to be a horror comedy. And high school student Charlie Brewster, played by William Ragsdale, suspects that there is a mysterious that the mysterious guy living next door to their house is a vampire. He even has a Renfield type, I don't know if he's a servant, he says he's his housemate, um, named Billy. So Charlie tries to tell his friends, his girlfriend Amy, his mom, and the police, but no one will believe him. He then enlists the help of Peter Vincent of course, played by Roddy McDowell, and he's a B-level hammer-type actor who plays a vampire killer host on Charlie's favorite late-night TV show, which is called Fright Night. So think of an Elvira or a Billy Bob Briggs type. Um, of course, Jerry Dandridge really is a vampire, and he's none too happy with Charlie getting into his business, and Jerry tells Charlie to forget about him or else, Charlie, of course, can't let it go. So Jerry turns his bestie, who's called Evil Ed for some reason, uh, Thompson, into a vampire. And then next, Jerry goes after Amy, since she bears a striking resemblance to his long-lost long love that Charlie sees in a painting in Jerry's house. So what are the odds of that? So will Charlie and Peter be able to save her this time, or will everyone become vampire chow? The show ends with Charlie and Peter killing Jerry, thus turning Amy back into a human. Uh, and of course, they did it with a couple of beams of light, as is always the case, usually. The show ends with a shot of a darkened next door, since Jerry and Billy don't live there anymore. Um, oh, it's important to note, Billy, we're not sure what he is. Um... He's not a vampire. He's out during the day. Um, some people have said he might be a zombie. Anyway, he ends up like dissolving into a, all this green stuff comes out of him. And um, he ends up just turning into a skeleton and his bones fly all over the place. So we're not sure what Billy was. Uh, but he wasn't a vampire. So... As I said in the final scene, it's with Amy and Charlie again in his bedroom. And he looks next door. It's, it's pitch black over there. And then all of a sudden you see two red eyes. And we hear someone say, you're so cool, Brewster, which is what Evil Ed used to say. So apparently Evil Ed is next door. But I'm not 100% sure because... I thought he was killed. He looked pretty dead when he, um, when Peter Vincent took a, a leg of a end table and ran it through him and while he was turned into a wolf and then he um, reverted back to his human form and uh, I thought he was dead, but I don't know. Anything is possible. But anyway, that's how the movie ended. So next up, Fright Night Part 2. This time, Charlie Brewster is in college instead of high school and is seeing a therapist who tries to convince him that vampires aren't real. They said Jerry was actually a serial killer who pretended to be a vampire. Charlie has a new girlfriend named Alex. 
I'm not sure what happened to Amy. I don't remember them saying anything about her. And there's a sexy new vampire on the scene. She is Regine Dandridge, who is the sister of Jerry from the first movie. So Regine is played by Julie Carmen, and her posse includes Belle, who likes to roller skate, Bosworth, who likes to eat bugs after quoting their Latin names, and Louie, who seems to be some sort of werewolf. Uh, Charlie convinces Peter Vincent to help him investigate the vampires. They go to a party where Regine is, dances with Charlie, and then she reveals, it looks like she's showing everyone at the party she's a vampire, but then she reveals she is actually a performance artist pretending to be a vampire. So she's a vampire pretending to be a human who's a performance artist pretending to be a vampire. She says her brother Jerry was a thousand years old when they killed him eventually when she comes clean about who she really is. And she's there to make Charlie and Peter pay. And her plan is to turn Charlie into a vampire so she can torture him for all eternity. Um, Regina at one show takes at one point takes over Peter's show, which is fun, and he arrives on set while they're filming to try to stake her, but he's carted away by security. Regine is eventually dispatched by Charlie, Alec, and Peter, all working together. Peter uses a piece of smashed mirror to shine daylight from outside down the elevator shaft onto the vampire. So that's the end of her. Next up, Fright Night, the remake from 2011. This follows a similar story to the original, but is more horror than horror comedy, although there are some fun parts in it. The action moves from Iowa to Las Vegas, where Charlie is again in high school. This, oh, and being in Las Vegas also enables new next-door neighbor Jerry to say he works nights, so, as many people do in Las Vegas. So Peter Vincent is no longer a washed-up horror movie host. This time, he's a Chris, Chris Angel type, and he has a Las Vegas show. He also correct, collects lots of supernatural artifacts on the side. So Jerry gets tired of Charlie being in his business. He tries to get him to stop. He won't. He, so he eventually pulls up the gas line while they're all hiding in the house and sets the house on fire, and they have to leave, and they all jump in their car and drive into the desert. But he's following them the whole way, and then at some point, it's a good chasing, because at some point he's underneath their car trying to bust through, so you see a hand up through the floor of their car. Um, and eventually what happens is Tony Collette um, stakes him. She's a real estate agent. Stakes him with one of the Century 21 signs, and that leaves him on the side of the road, um, and then Tony Collette was injured in the um, accident, and the accident was he ran into, they ran into another car, um, and then she passes out on the road, and then she's in the hospital for the rest of the movie. So again, um, Oh, we find out something very important, and that is Peter reveals that his parents were killed by vampires, and they just happened to turn out to be Jerry's, the one that killed his parents. So in the end, Peter reluctantly decides to help. They storm Jerry's house. In the basement, they find him, Amy, and a bunch of other vampires that are in the process of turning, and then Charlie 
sets himself on fire because he's wearing a flame retardant suit and grabs hold of Jerry and then won't let go of him. And so um, Jerry tries to get away. He can't. Uh, he turns into a hideous-looking CGI monster um, and then eventually gets... Um, uh, the daylight gets him, and then he is done for. So at that point, Amy is turned back into a human, um, and they all live happily ever after. Um, I do feel sorry for... Oh, Evil Ed is done for in this version. I felt sorry for him because, you know, he was friends with Charlie when he was younger. Charlie kicked him to the curb when he grew up and got a hot girlfriend. Um, so I, I find the character of Ed, well, actually both of these, and this one and the original one, to be pretty, um, tragic. So, but Ed is definitely dead in this version because Charlie ends up staking him, and then he just turns to ash. So he should be gone, so unlike the original, we should not have that ending in this movie. And then I also really enjoyed how Colin Farrell played Jerry, he played him in a very um, animalistic way. He was very physical. He sniffs the air a lot when he's looking for his prey. Um, so I think he did a great job. My only criticism there is that sadly he did not turn into a bat. And um, we need more bats. So that is the end of the remake. Then for some reason, two years later, they did a direct-to-home video movie called Fright Night 2 New Blood. Uh, the name is deceiving because it's not a sequel of anything. It's actually a remake um, using the original character names from the first movie. But this time the crew is in Romania as exchange students. And I think they're in college. I'm not sure. So... I'm not sure what the purpose of this movie was. But anyway, um, so the kids are attending a night class and they see a professor named Jerry Dandridge, and that's G-E-R-R-I, uh, played by Jamie Murray. And it turns out that she is, of course, the vampire, no surprise there, but that she is Elizabeth Bathory, also known as the Blood Countess. So she has to bathe in the blood of a new moon virgin in order to break her curse. And, of course, that happens to be Amy. What are the odds? Um, so she, it seems like Jerry currently, she drinks some people's blood and she uh, bathes in some people's blood. So I don't know how she chooses which one. But anyway, so now she is after Amy. And... If she bathes in the blood of a new moon virgin, then what will happen is she will be able to walk in the daylight, but she'll still be a vampire. So, that doesn't sound like a very good deal to me. I mean, yeah, she could teach her classes during the daylight, but other than that, she'd still have to do the same thing she's doing now. So, Peter Vincent in this version is a ghost hunter type character with a reality TV show, and he just happens to be in the city where the students visit. And then we know what happens next. Peter, Charlie, and Amy work together to save the day. Uh, Amy has been bitten by Jerry and taken back to her castle. Um, so, And then she has to kill Charlie for some reason. Yeah, the plot's a little confusing. So Charlie has been bitten. But what eventually happens is 
Charlie uses this trilling thing uh, that the vampires were doing to break a stained glass and then light comes in and Jerry turns into a pile of blood and oozes back into the bath. So, um, the trilling thing is something that they had introduced earlier in the movie. Um, I think it's, uh, it makes things vibrate and also they use it for echolocation because Jerry was using it to create pulses when she was trying to capture Charlie and Amy the first time around. So all in all, you know, despite the fact that I don't know why this movie was made, um, and it really doesn't have anything else to do with the rest of the Fright Night series, I really like this movie. I thought it was fun. I thought the music was fun. I thought Jamie Murray as a vampire was great. I thought the um, Elizabeth Bathory angle was very interesting. It's just it doesn't belong with Fright Night. So, anyway, they also had a, um, a cool intro scene where you see a woman's at a gas station and she's trying to escape something, but when you see the video camera surveillance, she actually, uh, it just shows her. So it looks like she's tossing herself all around the room. So it's a cool visual, and we know that we can't see vampires in mirrors, and apparently we also can't see vampires on tape. So... I also really like the class introduction to Jerry. Uh, it's like a punk, it's like a music video kind of intro where she arrives in the, in the auditorium. So that's very cool. I like the taxi crash that uh, Jerry uh, stopped the kids with. That was a very cool visual that looked like something from X-Men. And my only criticism of this movie, I think I liked it a lot more than many people, is that they really didn't stick the ending. The ending was too fast and non-climatic, um, in my opinion. And I would have liked to have seen more of Jerry and her backstory. I kind of wish they left it open-ended um, to make room for something else later. But Jerry's done for because she's oozed into a, a pool of blood. That's the end of her. So next up, I was looking for some music from the 2011 version, uh, and I couldn't find any single uh, MP3 downloads without buying the whole CD. So instead, here is another song from the original Fright Night called Dream Window, and it's very similar to the first one, but I also really like it.
So that was Dream Window from the original Fright Night. Um, and next up is Trivia. Uh, there, I have quite a bit, so let's see what we got. Fright Night 1985 had a budget of $9.25 a box office of $24.9 million, which is pretty good. Most of the budget was spent on special effects. Tom Holland, one who's the writer and director, wanted to do a vampire crossover with The Boy Who Cried Wolf, and the studio wouldn't give them much money um, to make the movie, so he instead tried to focus on the character developments in the story. Tom Holland wrote the script in three weeks, and he started as an actor and then became a director. He also directed the first Child's Play, which Chris Sarandon also appears in. He wrote Psycho 2, and he directed Stephen King's The Langoliers and Thinner. Chris Sarandon was also in Princess Bride and was nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for his role as Leon, who is Dustin Hoffman's lover in Dog Day Afternoon. He was also married to actress Susan Sarandon from 1967 to 1979. And she kept his last name as her stage name. Uh, Roddy McDowell was in some 250 films during his career. You might know him best as Cornelius and and Caesar from Planet of the Apes, both in the original and the spinoff. And he was nominated for a Golden Globe for his portrayal of Augustus in Cleopatra in 1963. He sadly passed away in 1998. Charlie Sheen also auditioned for the role of Charlie Brewster. I can't really see that. That would be a whole different interpretation, I think. And Holland originally wanted Vincent Price for the role of Peter Vincent, but his health was failing, and he also didn't want to do any more horror movies because he had been stereo... uh, what's the word? Um, Pigeonholed. Um, into horror movies. So, um, yeah, that would have been great to see him, though. The poster, the original poster from 1985, has a scary fang face made out of the clouds above a house. And I remember seeing that as a kid in the video store, and it was really scary. Um, Apparently, it's supposed to be Amy. So it's supposed to be Amy after she transitions into a vampire, and then she has their mouths get a lot bigger, and they're filled with all those fangs. So that was pretty freaky. So that's the poster for the original. And then the poster for the part two is the same, except instead of a house, that scary face in the clouds is over an apartment building where um, all those guys live. Peter Vincent is, of course, a combo of the names Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. And uh, there was an alternate ending to this film in which Peter Vincent was still hosting his late-night show, but instead, but actually turned into a vampire um, at some point. But that didn't happen. There is also a Bollywood remake in 1989 of this movie. I will spell it because I'm sure I'm not going to pronounce it right. W-O-H-I, second word, B-H-A-Y-A-K-A-R, third word, R-A-A-T. So that might be interesting to see. Um, here's something fun that you might have missed. Um, Jerry, if you'll recall, was often eating fruits and apples, and that's because he is part fruit bat. 
So this was a contribution of Chris Sarandon to the character, and that's why you always see him eating fruit, which I think is fun. Uh, Ragsdale broke his ankle while running down the stairs, and that forced them to alter the shooting schedule. Special effects were by Richard Edlin, and his team had just finished Ghostbusters. It took eight hours for makeup for Charlie's transition scenes, and because of Chris Sarandon's theatrical background, he helped with the makeup and the finger extensions to speed up the process. Remember, his fingers, when he turned into a vampire, got a whole lot longer. It took 18 hours for Ed's wolf transformation. Oh, that's a long time. Um, the vampire contacts were created by makeup artist Steve Johnson. He added glitter to them to create the desired look. The only problem is they were very uncomfortable and hard to wear, and the actors couldn't see where they were going. So um, that often caused them to fall or bump into things. So they had to use those sparingly. There is a 2016 documentary about the making of the movie called You're So Cool, Brewster, uh, the story of Fright Night, but I can't seem to find it streaming anywhere, so please let me know if you know where there's a copy available. I would like to see that, but I have not been able to locate it. Cast and crew remember Roddy McDowell doing extensive videotaping for his own home movies, but no one has ever seen the tapes. The ghost in the library in Ghostbusters, there was supposed to be a ghost in the library at Ghostbusters, but it was never used because it was deemed too scary, so they repurposed that into the bat that was used in Fright Night. This show has a lot of similarities to Salem's Lot in that there's a basement finale at dawn, there's an old uh, vampire hunter and a younger person, there's a human servant of the vampire, etc., uh, when the DVD was released, there was no bonus material. It was just the movies. So the principal actors, except Amanda Beers, who is unavailable, uh, recorded commentary and released them on the Icons of Fright website in 2008. And these were included in the 30th anniversary Blu-ray in 2015. Also in 2015... Um, Holland said that he would like to do a sequel in which a grown-up, Charlie, inherits his mother's house and moves back in with his teenage kids, and the kids think something is up next door, and it turns out to be Evil Ed. So I would watch that. I think that'd be fun. Okay, Fright Night Part 2 had a box office of $2.9 million, so not much. Uh, McDowell had... This is very strange. Medal had set up a meeting with Holland and uh, I think it's Carolco Pictures had Jose Menendez to discuss a possible Fright Night 3. However, before the details could be ironed out, Menendez was and his wife were killed by their children, Lyle and Eric Menendez. So that's, uh, that's a case where reality is much scarier than fiction. And following the death of Jose uh, Fernandez, Fright Night 2 was only released at a limited number of theaters and went straight to home video. So um, many people didn't see Part 2. Uh, besides directing Fright Night 2, Tommy Lee Wallace also directed Halloween 3, Seasons of the Witch, and It, the 90s miniseries. He often worked with John Carpenter and also edited the first Halloween and the fog. 
Julie Carmen, who plays Regine, also currently works as a psychotherapist. John Grice, who played Louie, has been in lots of other stuff, including Monster Squad, Lost, Napoleon Dynamite. And Brian Thompson, who played Boz the Bug Eater, might be best known as the alien bounty hunter in The X-Files. He's also done a number of other appearances in things like Cobra and played several characters in Star Trek. Uh, this is one of the only vampire films that says roses and religious shrouds can fend off vampires. So who knew? Also, they, they line Regine's coffin with communion wafers in the shape of a cross. So that's the first time I remember anybody doing that in a movie. Uh, this movie features roller skating vampires, and it's a very cool visual um, when Belle is on roller skates and is going down the hall at a high school to attack a girl because it looks like uh, Belle is floating. And so that's a very cool visual. And it reminds me of the skateboarding scene from uh, A Girl Walks Home Alone. So that was fun. Uh, also, uh, another fun scene was when they all went bowling. So Boz, Belle, and Louie went bowling. And so that was a fun little uh, insertion in there. Uh, Stephen Jeffries did not appear in part two because instead he opted to do 976 Evil. And that movie was directed by Robert England of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Stephen Jeffries later left Hollywood and did a number of gay porn films under the name Sam Ritter. So, you might not have known that. Uh, Fright Night, the remake, had a budget of $30 million and a box office of $41 million. Heath Ledger was at one time considered for the part of... I have Jerry here, but I think it would be for the part of Charlie... Uh, so I may have written, written that down wrong. Uh, the action is moved from Iowa to Las Vegas, as I said previously. And if you blinked, you might have missed it, but Chris Sarandon makes a cameo appearance in this movie. He uh, is the person that hit the stock car that Charlie and Amy and his mother were in when Jerry was chasing them. And then Jerry turns around and fangs him. So it was good to see him. Uh... And Colin Farrell wanted to do a monologue in Latin during this movie. I'm not sure how that would have gone. And even got a coach, but it was not used in the final film. Uh, Peter Vinson, as I already said, was is a big-time Las Vegas magician in this version. And before this movie, Anton Yelchin was best known as Chekhov on the Star Trek series. Or movie, sorry. Um, and Yelchin sadly died in a freak accident when he was pinned between his Jeep and a pillar outside his house when the car rolled back. So that's, uh, that's a rough way to go. David Tennant um, has been in tons of other stuff. You may remember him as the 10th Doctor Who. He was also the villain Kilgrave in Jessica Jones and in Broadchurch and a bunch of other stuff. Colin Farrell is probably best known for Minority Report, he was also in The Recruit, uh, Phone Booth, and Season 2 of True Detective. And Tony Collette, also been in tons of stuff, but is probably best known in horror circles 
um, as the mother in last year's super freaky movie, Hereditary. She has also won an Emmy and a Golden Globe for the United States of Terra, which is also fun. Um, Jerry says in this movie that he's 400 years old. In the original, or uh, in part two, Regine says Jerry was 1,000 years old. Um, again, about the music, I'd said, you know, I wanted to find something from the remake, but I couldn't because they only had the soundtrack as a CD to, to purchase. I couldn't find any soundtracks or anything on um, the Fright Night to New Blood. So I was I wanted to find something called White Cow by Space Needle, but I couldn't find that listed anywhere to download it. And more Fright Night Part 2 trivia. There's not as much to this, obviously. This went straight to video. Um, the film was made on a much lower budget than the others, although it still looks pretty good, I think. It was shot in 23 days in Romania during the winter, so it was very cold. The screenplay was written in a week, and Jamie Murray may be best known for her role in Dexter as Lila West or in Warehouse 13 as Helena G. Wells, H.G. Wells, or in Defiance, which was on the Sci-Fi Channel, as the alien Stama. Uh, filming had to be stopped for the bass scene that's in the finale when Murray showed signs of hypothermia. Um, there are a ton of strobe light effects in this movie. I think it works well, uh, but if you're uh, epileptic, you will want to avoid this movie. Peter Vinson secretly has a giant cross tattoo on his chest that he uses to fend off Ed. That was fun. Um, and the through-the-chest camera shots when, I think it's Charlie, was impaled, not in the heart, but near his heart. That was fun to see. And I also enjoyed the use of comics for the backstory for Elizabeth Bathory. Um, I know lots of people complained about that, but it, it was a cost-effective way to do it, and I thought it was fun. Um, however, uh, blaming her for the Hindenburg uh, hot air balloon crash and the Black Dahlia murders is a bit over the top. So if they were just stuck with the, with the uh, other stuff, that would have been good. So... That's the trivia for those four movies. Why should you watch these movies? Well, the original Fright Night is considered a cult classic, and it's often listed as one of the best vampire movies. Uh, these are some actually scary vampires instead of sparkling ones, and they are not very sexy when they're in full vampire mode. <coughs> um, even Jamie Murray, uh, who is very sexy in her all of her scenes, but that she's actually a, a much older woman that we see a little bit of uh, in the movie. And these movies also cover most of the things that, if vampires existed, you would actually need to know to survive. So garlic, holy water, stake to the heart, daylight kills them, crucifixes, but they do add you have to believe in the crucifix in order for it to work. Vampires turning into a bat, I wish we'd seen a lot more of that. Vampire hypnosis. Uh, the vampire has to be invited into your house or they can't come in. And, and finally, someone who has been bitten can return to normal if the master is killed before dawn. On to recipes. 
So it should not come as any surprise that I uh, went with garlic for this week's recipe. And I, I will include in the notes a number of garlic recipes from Bon Appetit, and they include garlic knots, roast chicken with garlic, the garliciest fried rice, halibut with garlic cream and fennel, and Chrissy Teigen's Thai soy garlic fried ribs. So that sounds good. So I will include the link to those. Um, and then in conclusion, when I first started doing uh, research for this week's podcast, I had really only heard of the two Fright Nights, the original and then the remake. I didn't even know the other two movies existed until I started looking in this. Um, I liked all of the movies personally for different reasons. Um, so I would suggest watching all four of them. Uh, but if you don't like Jamie Murray, you don't know who she is, you might not like the fourth one as much. If you press for time, I would say just go with the original and the remake so you can really get an idea of where the franchise was going, although I'm not sure it's going to go anywhere else at this point. Um, but, you know, there aren't a ton of vampire movies. You know, we're big on zombies these days. Or the vampire movies that we have had recently are... Um, very twilighty and sparkly. So I enjoyed all of these movies, and uh, I'm sure you will too if you give them a check them out. And until next week, make sure you stay away from vampires, and we will see you then. Thanks. Bye.